If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy Podcast. 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern. We're back and we're better like a brand new lease term. Let's go! Welcome to episode 39, season 2 of the Mickey Zizzy Podcast. Brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation. Of course, make sure you reach your pinnacle. And, of course, can't forget our newfound sponsor and supporter of the podcast, G for 313. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel and catch a glimpse of how Grant Henderson is using the sport of basketball to cultivate his own lifestyle. It's been pretty cool to watch. Now, I wouldn't be Zizzy without the Mickey. So let's hear from the man himself, Mickey Hines, my dude. What is good? You know, it's a crazy thing, Mr. Zizzy. On Saturday mornings, kids have their cartoons, they have their bowl of cereals. Well, adults have their Mickey Zizzy in the morning on a Saturday morning. Life <laughs> is great, and things just go together, like peanut butter and jelly. Saturday mornings in the Mickey Zizzy podcast, like you can't go wrong. We're going to talk great content, and uh, we're going to be talking about the latest here in college basketball, so NBA, and I'm excited. We have some big news on some people might know my winner, who I'm going to predict to win the March Madness. Ooh. So it's going to be an exciting episode. Absolutely. A lot to talk about. It's going to be a heavy basketball episode. But we do get to talk a little bit of college, which isn't something that we necessarily get to do as much when we talk uh, basketball. So, yes, definitely excited. Getting down to the end of the regular season for the NBA. Obviously, same thing in NCAA. Getting to the championship weeks. Getting to the big tournaments. Getting to the crazy finishes the crazy stories. All of us just huddled around the TV and going crazy when all this stuff goes down to the wire. So we got a lot to talk about. But, of course, we're going to start every episode off with our person or persons, as you like to do, of the week. What's going on, bud? All right. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, shout out our new sponsor, that being G for three, the G for three person of the week. Uh, Go check out his channel. I know he's doing another influencer run. And, like, people are talking trash, about Grant and his team. Like, you watch his videos. Yeah, walking up, shooting threes, turn around, giving the fans waves and finger. I was like, oh, okay, okay, Grant. Yeah, uh, but uh, the person of the week uh, is going to be Steven Ruiz. Uh, for some hey. reason, Yank, I'm in I'm in a slump in Madden, and he beat me uh, a few days ago <laughs> in Madden again. So I got I to gotta give kudos to those who do beat me because I do take big pride in uh, playing Madden. But also with that, just him evolving and – with his job and moving up the poles there and he does a ton of work and he has such a big role there at his job at enterprise and i'm just proud of him and how hard he's working and he's just being successful and at the end of the day that's what we love promoting here on the podcast is people being successful in what they do i know he puts in the hours and you know hopefully i know it's going to pay off a lot for him one day oh absolutely and scuba is going to be one of my best friends for all time, I would hope so. But uh, the man, the man does work very hard. He's very inspirational, very good dude. Um, when you put the work in, you get rewarded the way that he does. Um, as far as work goes, to where he's he's received some promotions, he's gotten some uh, some acknowledgement. Honestly, probably deserves even more for what he has right uh, for what he's been able to do these past few months. But yeah, extremely hard worker, extremely good dude. I mean, I can't really say anything much better about the guy other than the fact that he has beaten me and Madden as well. Uh, I don't know why 
I don't know what's going on with that, honestly, because the first time we played, I felt like my defense was going hard. <laughs> but then now, every time we play, the man can't can't stop him from scoring. So we got to figure it out. Got to keep him and Cheyenne out of the championship this season. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, even just the personal stuff that he's doing, just passing around, uh, having fun with some of the guys playing the flag football over in Arizona. Yep, yep. He's out here sending us the highlight reels and the films and stuff like that. I mean, it gets me so hyped, man. So love to see, uh, love to see all the, all the, all of our guys going out and balling out and just having fun doing whatever. If we end up making a team and making a little trip out somewhere, that'd be super cool. I know we talked about it, just having fun, but. All of that, man. Just I love Scuba. Love seeing him do. Hope everything's going all right in Arizona. Um, but yeah, shout oh, him yeah. out. If we go somewhere, like we would be live uh, interviews on our game days for oh, my flag goodness, football dude. Where I'd the be paying somebody to record us. Oh, we'd have someone record us. Easy. Yeah. Easy. But anywho, let's keep the train rolling. So, for the person of the week on my end is actually going to be Haley, the wifey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the future Haley Hines, uh, the double H's. That's kind of got a ring to it. I can, I can hey. mess with <laughs> But I'm going to throw in here one first and foremost. I mean, she tamed the beast. She's got you happy over there, man. Are you swimming? Yeah. In love? It kind of seems that way over here, saving calories throughout the entire day just to share pizzas and cheesy bread with you. I mean, come on, bro. It's adorable. But really, this whole thing just comes back to the fact that your guys' wedding is going to be at the end of the year. Um, this week, we started to see some other discussions, some plans being made, group chats getting made with all the guys. So honestly, it just had me so excited, man. Like, I, I really couldn't put that in any other words. Like, um, I'm just excited for the end of the year. I'm excited for your wedding. I'm excited to see you guys grow and develop your relationship together. I'm, I'm just happy, man. I'm excited. It's simple and short, but the excitement is real. No, 100%. Yeah, you know, I want to thank you for that. She puts in so much work also with clinicals and whatnot, and you're so right. It's just happy, our date nights. I mean, every day you fall in love with the person, you know, I'm going to be with for the rest of the life. So it's super awesome over here in Iowa. The vibes are always positive with her. Absolutely, baby. That's what we love to hear. So got to shout you guys out. and Looking forward to November 19th, baby. Oh, yeah. Now, yay. Moving on here. Uh, we're positive vibes. The morning is cooking just like some burgers on a grill. Um, <laughs> college basketball. Yay. This in the past two weeks. One through six, one through seven of the top, I mean, the top yeah. six teams in college basketball lost. Like, one of the first mm-hmm. times ever. I mean, it was all within, like, a 24, 48-hour span. Um, Yang, what's your overall outlook on college basketball this year? Uh, that it's actually, like, a lot of sports that I feel like. It's almost kind of taking the same trend in the NBA. Uh, many teams are competitors. It's it's a t- it's tough out there. I mean, to, like you said, for the fact that we have the top six AP ranked teams go down on the same day, I don't I don't know when the last time that would have happened. Um, you're talking about people want to talk about uh, repeats for Baylor, challenges from Gonzaga, players that are coming out and showing out. We got Johnny Davis in Wisconsin. We got some other teams that are maybe going to be potential sleepers. It's Coach K's last season. There's just so many storylines. There's so much going on. And what is better than college sports? I mean, the emotions, the everything that goes into it. Obviously, players can get paid to play a little bit nowadays. That is a thing. But 
it doesn't mean that they aren't playing just as hard. It doesn't mean that they aren't taking it just as seriously, if not more seriously nowadays um, when they're stepping on the court. But no, I mean, it's really just the fact that I don't, it's harder for me to make predictions is my biggest take away from anything. Like it just seems that the teams are most are closer as far as from a competitive standpoint. Um, And I mean, it's going to be a tough decision. It's going to be a tough, uh, it's going to be tough pickings when it comes down to the brackets. No, a hundred percent. And the big thing that I realized, Yank, was that everyone's just really good at basketball and basketball is a very <laughs> challenging sport because it can be one dude tonight. It can be one guy shooting like Keegan Murray from Iowa. He can go off for 35 points and Iowa's going to go win that basketball game. But also at the same time, like it's so hard nowadays with this, how big that sport is. To have a very successful team. I mean, Gonzaga, you know, two years ago or whatever, like almost had an undefeated season. Um, mm-hmm. And that's so hard to do in college basketball now. You have all these just elite teams. You talk about these kids, like a lot of these kids are so, so good at basketball. I mean, and then they can go anywhere. I mean, you don't have to go to the Gonzaga and the Baylor. Like, right. you still see a lot of these teams have just straight up ballers and at the end of the day you're so right it is so tough to really choose like you don't have like back in the day um you'd have your duke kentucky you know like back when we were in high school like those were the big teams like uh, north carolina like oh one of these teams are gonna win it again nowadays in sports i mean you're so right like everyone's a, a contender or like there's way more contenders than just the top three the top two in nba same with you know with the nfl so it's really cool to see that sport just evolve and there's a lot of ballers, and without a doubt, it's just awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, and everything comes when things come down to close games, when you got the emotions in, when you got the fans in, and I mean, every college stadium it feels like got their own little fan zone with everybody going crazy. So it all it always gets into it. I mean, there's nothing like a college stadium, in my opinion. Um, so basketball, football, regardless of the sport it always amps up the entire, the hype in general. So it's going to be really cool, but what are some things, some takes that you have going into this, some teams you're keeping an eye on? Oh yeah. So yeah, we're going to talk about some of those teams that we are keeping eyes on and Yang, I'm just going to rip off the mandate. Ladies and gentlemen, for this year in March Madness, which we have big things coming. We have a little sponsorship working with people about it. I'm so excited to bring that to the noise later on. But, uh, I'm going to tell everyone my my winner. I'm going to tell everyone the one team that I'm going to be looking at. Now, Yank, originally, it was going to be Purdue. I'm going to say that Really? Right yep. So, I was loving Purdue. And the big thing for me, I told us last, last week, tall guys, tall bigs, old-fashioned bigs, I absolutely love. Like, just dudes who are seven foot four, getting rebounds, kicking it back out for the scores to score. Like, that's the type of basketball I love. Purdue mm-hmm. has that really, really tall guy in the middle. I'll have to stat check the name again, and I'll let you know. But, like, he's just so big. And I'm like, yeah, from the Big Ten. <laughs> like, I like Big Ten teams. Like, that goes for any sport. Like, Purdue was cooking. The Boilermakers, like, they hadn't been good in a, you know, a long time. Like, they hadn't been, like, a well-known team. And then they go lose to, uh, I mean, Wisconsin, which Wisconsin won the Big Ten championship. Like, that was pretty tough. And then they went and lost to Michigan State. And at that point, I'm like, ah, you lost my credibility. You lost my, you know, without a doubt, or I know that's very tough to say without a doubt for winning, a, you know, the NCAA championship. But, like, they, they lost my my following. I'm not going to follow Purdue to win the championship. Because, first of all, Big Ten basketball is kind of elite. 
Um, they got but, projected to have eight teams in the tournament right now. I think that's the tops of it, all the conferences. So, yeah, there, it's a real conference when it comes to basketball this season. So, yeah, and then that goes back to my point. Like, I still can probably choose Purdue because, like, the Big Ten is very good at basketball. They're very gritty and whatnot when it comes to it. So, like, ugh, I want to choose them. But at the same time, like, when I was watching that game, I'm like, I can't choose these guys. Like, I don't want, you know that to be my winner after watching it. <laughs> so I was like, okay. I'm so me... disgusted by one game. I can't have that. <laughs> I got to watch. I've been watching. I would turn on TV. <laughs> like, I was watching TCU. I've been watching Alabama play. All these people. But at the end of the day, Yank, the big news, I am going to go with the Arizona Wildcats. Going to oh, take the man. championship. Really? I mean, oh. number two team in the country. I can't, I can't dog that. So, no, you but said it. Um, give me, give me why. Give me why. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I've been kind of on my uh, soapbox over here about college basketball. <laughs> I'm just super excited and excited that we get to talk about it. And you're right. First off, they've been up higher in the rankings with now being the number two. They're 27 and three. They're first in the Pac-12. Yank. They just went and beat Wichita State, which they've been, they've been a sleeper here and there. Uh, so I think they beat them 78, no, by four points. Like, it was a close game. And that's what you have to understand. Like, a lot of some of these games are going to be close. I know Colorado, that was when the entire top six lost that week. It was just a full moon for, you know, those two days. And they lost to Colorado. So that was tough. But you look at some of these other wins. I mean, they beat number three UCLA by 10. Like, okay, that's, that's a pretty commanding win. They beat USC. By nine, who's ranked 19th right now. And then they go beat USC again by 20. So that means they've gotten better from, you know, a month ago. Uh, yeah, March 1st. And then they played them on February 5th. So, like, a month they've already expanded how good they've been. And you just look at some of these really, really big wins that they've had. Yeah, their key losses was to Tennessee, which Tennessee's ranked, Yank. They lost to Tennessee by four. They lost to Colorado um, by uh, actually, a pretty hefty amount, 16. Um, and then their only other loss was to uh, UCLA, which UCLA is ranked 17th, and they went to the Final Four last year. So UCLA has a lot of credit. Like, they're a good team in college basketball. So their losses are credible, besides maybe the Colorado one, and they have some very big wins. Now, at the end of the day, Yank, like, I just want to go with a team that's been dominant, wherein the stats don't lie. Um, I mean, they have Benedict, their leading scorer right now. Yeah, um, Matt, he's he's good, man. Matt, exactly. Mathurin, Mathurin, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, Mathurin, I mean, he is balling out right now. Uh, this year, he's, I mean, he's averaging, I think, yeah, 17 points this year. Like, okay, that's, that's going to be your leader. He's shooting, you know, almost 40% from three. Like, that's your leader. Benedict's going to lead the way. And, you know, I'm just loving where the credibility is at right now, Yank. Yeah, I mean, I can't ever fault, like I said, it's the number two team in the country. They've played great basketball all season. I think, like you said, they only have, what, three losses so far this season. Yep. Um, but, yeah, when you got Benedict leading the way as your point guard, and you got 17 points a game, you got six rebounds a game. I mean, he's doing everything that he had, that he can do. Uh, Arizona's big man uh, down low, Coloco. I don't think yep. he's too bad either. I mean, you got a twelve point eight rebound of uh, eight rebounder average down low. I mean, that kind of supports the theory that you like. I mean, you get yourself a big <laughs> man down low that's going to get your rebounds, kick it out, make the right decisions. It's exactly what you're looking for. College basketball, just like any other college sport, it's more about coaching than 
everything else in a way. I mean, when you have the players that are going out and executing and making the right play, especially in the sport of basketball, because basketball IQ is so, so important, making the right decisions, avoiding those t- turnovers, playing within your system. Um, and the Wildcats have done that very well all season. So I'm not going to knock your pick. Um, I don't believe that they will be the winner this year, but I do I do think that they'll be great. I mean, they're first in the Pac-12, 27-3 on the season. They'll make a deep run, I'm sure. So um, I would expect them to yeah. be a number one seed going into the tournament and make a big run. I mean, it's, it's March Madness. None of us can know. One of these teams can fall out in the round of 64, and we're all screwed on the bracket. You never know. But- that's, the, that's the worst thing about choosing these teams is, you know, Arizona has had one of those, like – awful losses earlier on in the tournament. So I'm like, hey, this is their year to finally make it a deeper push. And Coloco, like you said, um, like, he, he's checking off all the boxes. Yeah, man. Like, obviously, obviously, I like a little bit more rebounds. But like, he's going to be the credible center to help facilitate that offense. And, you know, that's another reason that I'm checking the box for Arizona to win it all. And when I was just watching them, they play at a fast pace. They're like the Showtime Wildcats. They're explosive. They're dunking. They're playing some pretty good defense. When I was watching, I'm like, all right, this is the squad. I needed a squad to follow to be the team that I'm going to back up. And the Arizona Wildcats are going to be the team that uh, I want to be watching here. So I'm going to get my head in the game. Get you. Get you. Head in the game. Oh, Let's my. That, that, don't tell me that's why you picked that team. Just no, so no, you no, no, sing no. that song. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. This no, man's walking around thinking he's Troy Bolton. What is going on here? Anyway. Uh, that is not the main reason, but you know, I think that's, that's like the last. That's like the cherry on top. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We'll accept it. I'll take it. Um, on my side of things, I mean, there's a few things that I can bring up when it comes to the tournament this year. Um, just when you're talking about teams in general, I mean, I like Wisconsin. I really do. Um, Big Ten, Big Ten team just beat Purdue, who we were talking yeah. about in a big game. They had that big matchup. Um, I, it's, dude, Johnny Davis, man, Johnny Davis has been absolutely incredible to watch. In my opinion, he might just be the player of the year. Um, but it, it's it's incredible what he has been able to accomplish. I mean, you're talking about. Let me see his stat line real quick, just to confirm so I don't get it wrong. But the last time I checked, he was averaging 26 and 9 in conference play. Um, he's dropped 30 points against Houston, who preseason all Big Ten team. Oh, yeah, yep. He didn't start a game as a freshman, and now he's out here making a strong charge to be on that national player of the year ballot. Like he's done that. He's accept, he's stepped up his game and has brought the rest of his team with him. Um, so that that's a team that I love to watch. Um, my, my, my mom is a huge Wisconsin fan too, so it's a little bit of bias there. But that's just something that will – down the line, I think they'll be a threat. Um, Baylor, obviously, is your defending champion. However, I, I, think, I think they fall in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight this year. I, um, and that's just – it's not necessarily a knock to them. It's just – it's history, and history tends to repeat itself. We've only had seven teams that have ever repeated when it comes to March Madness, and I don't think we've had one since Florida back in 2006, 2007. Um, so with that, I, I just feel like it's it just won't be meant to be. I mean, they are a great team. They've played very well this season, like we said, but 
I just I don't I think history tends to repeat itself here. I so hard to make it through NCA March Madness and win the whole tournament just because of the whole one and you're done mindset. I mean, it changes the way that people play. It changes the way that of uh, that games come down to the wire. It changes the outcome of everything. Um, people play with emotion. People play with desperation. It, it's completely different. So to see them make it through the entire. March Madness schedule again and win it back to back season. I just don't see that. So that's just another take on that. Um, but for me, the biggest what? You have no, that's home? why they call it March, Jake. That's why they call it like this is March. It's madness. The top teams are dropping. Yeah, it can be any given day that they can win. And you know, I am with you, like Baylor. Like I had him as my second winner. I always choose two winners. You know, like who I think would win okay. you know, for my brackets because I make two every year, which that's going to be part of our bracket challenge. But, like, I had Baylor win one of them. I think you actually had Baylor last year uh, high up. I did. I you did. Winner, right? Yeah. Yeah. But this guy, I'm in the same boat. Like, I, I don't see him winning, especially back-to-back. Like, last year, I was like, they're good, but they're going to be that team that's going to upset, you know, in the final four in the championship. And in reality, they kind of did because Gonzaga was very good. But continue on. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just you go from that. Um, for me, also, just another big – storyline to watch as we get into it i think everybody everybody has like a sleeper pick or like a cinderella team you know uh mm-hmm. a team that they think is going to make that deep run do like uh what was it lafayette monroe or whatever back in the day what was the crazy team loyola uh, chicago yes they had that one too that was the 16 seed that what made it to like the sweet 16 or elite eight yeah. or something a few years yeah. ago, it was. A few years uh, ago, or, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And they had uh, what was her name? The sweet, sweet old lady that was always. Oh watching. yeah, uh, Sister, Mary Jean. Sister Mary Jean. Yeah, I want to say Sister Mary Jean, but yeah, like you always have stories like that when it comes to March Madness, which also like makes it just as incredible and just as exciting as anything else that we could ever watch in sports. You just really never know what's going to happen. You love to see. A team that nobody like you just love to see it. It's awesome to watch, regardless if it messes up your bracket. Uh, but for me that year, they're not even guaranteed to make the tournament. But for me, my team to be that dark horse, make that deep run, would be Kent State. Um, currently, Kent State. Uh, currently, they are the number two team in the MAC, which again, not even a five power conference or not anything crazy, but they're currently just. Things that I'm watching, you know, they're currently they're on an 11 game winning streak. Uh, they're going to need to win their conference tourney, their conference tourney to probably make it into the tournament, which is why I'm saying I don't even know if they're going to make it. But for them to be on that 11 game winning streak, they're hot at the right time. They're going into the tournament at the right time. They have a junior guard. I think his name is Sincere Carey. Like literally, his last name is Carey because that is what he's doing. He's carrying <laughs> this team and putting them on their back. Um, but, yeah, he's going to power Kent State into March Madness, in my opinion. I mean, he's averaging 19 points a game. He's putting up big numbers on any given night on 2-22-22, that magical date from this year. He was dropping 42 on Ball State. I just – I don't know. It's You always got to identify a surprise team in the NCAA tournament. And for me, Kent State has the potential to be that year – this year's Cinderella squad. If it can play its way into the field, that's something that I definitely want to keep an eye on. So if they make it, watch me to have them having a couple upsets uh, in the early picks of the bracket. Just saying. Just saying. 
Um, um, so, Yank, are you okay over there? Have you? Uh, <laughs> what are you on? Kent I'm serious, Like I'm all for I'm all for the small guy. I'm all for the upset. I mean, you know me and my Bowling Green picks. I actually picked them the other night uh, to be. Oh, Toledo. did you get your bet? <laughs> no, yeah, no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, they are not very good at uh, basketball. But bold take. I mean, obviously, you always want an underdog. I mean, that's why I always choose. You know, I would have win just cause. But like, I get it. But Kent State. One dude. Well, every- I mean, hey, they they winning no championship. I say that, but okay. So you're I, saying a few upsets? No, which I don't know just, if they're gonna make the yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they're gonna be a champion. I will not put them as my actual pick. That was that is my next topic of discussion. But <laughs> we're talking about just topics that we can bring up and talk about. I just that's a team that fascinates me because it's not gonna be a team that anybody really talks about. But just watching basketball right now, the current state that it's in for D1 NCAA men's basketball. I mean, I see Kent State's winning streak. I see what they're doing. I see what Mr. Carey is doing to put the team on his back. I, I just I get good vibes watching that team. I've seen two of their games in the past week. Uh, the announcers are hyping it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just taking it too, uh, taking the, too much to heart there, but. I don't know. I, that's just a team that I like. If they do make the tournament, don't be surprised if you uh, see me picking them early on for the first couple rounds or something like that. Wouldn't that's be. a bold move, Cotton. Wouldn't that's surprise. a bold move, Zizzy. Um, uh, I, I understand a vibe or like, oh, I got a feeling, but Kent State, Yang, when is anything Kent State? Like, I an underdog? <laughs> I mean, to really come from that conference too? Like, I understand the Cinderella story, but I mean, you got your Cinderella story. That's why it's called a Cinderella story. I am not going to back you up in it. I am not going to endorse this at all. I think it's kind of a wild pick. But, you know, if it's a Cinderella <laughs> story, you can tell me I'm wrong. I mean, that's how hey. we're going to take that approach there. Um, My I prediction wanna... is Kent State is going, ooh. All right. My hot take might just be if. Kent State, I have to because we all have to see and wait, wait and see if they make the tournament. All right. Yes, if they make the tournament, if they win the MAC conference and make the tournament, I see it very likely that I have them making the Sweet Sixteen. Very likely. And don't get, I'm, I'm the same person who loves the MAC, uh, but Sweet Sixteen, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you know, I'll go buy a Kent State basketball. Jersey. They won't make it like an FGCU run back in the day, baby. Dunk City. Yeah. If they make a Sweet 16, I will buy a Kent State jersey for basketball. Put it on there. Yep, put it on there. We're taking – put it on the pod. Put it on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, That's my last take about that. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But the Wisconsin take you had earlier with Johnny Davis, uh, yeah, they're, they're a team at the beginning of the year like, oh, like they'll be good next year if they keep all their guys. But They've really erupted into a legit, I want to say, contender. Um, they want and win the Big Ten. Anyone who wins the Big Ten, you've got to give them some kind of credit. They're going to be a high seed in March Madness. Now, they're just playing some gritty basketball. They're just winning games. And they're getting hot at the right time. There's no better. You don't want to peak. You don't want to go 20-0 and in the beginning of the season. Then you have the target of the back. Then you have the big loss. 
but like they're picking uh, at the right time. Uh, I'd still like to be 20 and 0. Oh, don't get me that. wrong. Yeah, 100%. Everyone wants to win every game. <laughs> but like they're picking at the right time. You want to be playing your best basketball late February, early March because you're going with that momentum into the tournament. And Wisconsin's going to be, you know, a name that's going to be written in in all these brackets later on. I see a Sweet 16 run for sure. I see an Elite 8 run. I don't know about Final Four just because there are some pretty high teams. And if you do have, you know, that UCLA like last year, that one Cinderella story that comes in, like I feel like Wisconsin is going to be the one to fall to them or Baylor. So, I mean, like we already talked about some teams that we could see losing. and But with March Madness, like I said, that's why they call it the uh, March Madness because anything can happen. I think Wisconsin is a credible pick, though, for a lot of people, especially if you are from the state of Wisconsin, winning the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, it's quite exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And all that, I mean, those are all good taste, good points that we all got to just bring up and point out. I mean, it's March Madness. We're going to have crazy predictions. There's going to be ridiculous storylines. Obviously, it'll be a little bit easier for us to organize and discuss uh, once (laughs) they actually actually set the bracket. Once we get through these conference tournaments, um, we'll have a little bit more of an idea of how it's all going to go down. But for me, since you are out here, Talking about them Wildcats. Wildcats were in the game. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you my winner as well, and I, I am going with the runner-up from last year. I'm going with Gonzaga. Uh, okay. I do believe I do believe that they get their revenge this season. Um, I mean, what is there not to like about them, man? Like, it's challenging to emerge from the 68-team field in general, but, like – They've been in that Final Four multiple times over the past five years. I think it was their second time in the last five years that they were runners-up in March Madness. I mean, you were talking about that team. Like, you don't want to win that 20, those 20 games, whatever, start on the feet. I mean, that's what they did last year. They won their first 31 games of the season. <laughs> and then they lose in the national championship to Baylor. Um, I mean, it was an incredible season, but obviously coming up one short. I take that as some motivation. Um, I wouldn't say that they've been as impressive this season. Uh, can I mean, obviously, record says that. I mean, they entered the tournament undefeated last year. They've got three losses this year. But it's still been incredibly um, successful. I mean, look at their entire lineup. They do not have a starter that does not average double digits in points. Like, to me, that is just team basketball. That is so, so impressive. I mean, Drew Timmy. Coming back, he's got the experience from last year. We all know who he is. He's averaging 17 a game with six rebounds, three assists. I mean, he's doing exactly what he's got to do. He's shooting 60% from the field. Like, 60% from the field? Not like, okay, okay, Drew. Okay, Timmy. I see you down there. But, yeah, he's doing really well. The new man, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, Chet Holmgren, he was the, the seven-footer, man. I mean – don't get me wrong. He's got to put on more weight. He's got to put on more muscle. I think if we were talking like NBA body, NBA build, but the athleticism as far as ball handling, being able to run the court as a big man, like he he has had times where I've been watching games where they inbound the ball to him and he takes it up the entire court. He sets the play, everything. I'm like, you, you are seven foot. He is an alien out here walking around. But no, for him to average 14 and a half, 10 rebounds a game, as a seven foot freshman, that's an impressive center right there, man. And he can shoot the ball. I mean, he's showing 
the evolution of the game. We talked about that after the NBA All Star Weekend with Cat Town with Carl Anthony Towns, you know, yep. winning the three point contest. Like big man can shoot now. Big man can shoot, and for him to be able to be as athletic, as important as uh, and as big of an integrated role as he has had this season for them. It has been super, super cool to watch, super awesome to watch freshmen go in, ball out. Um, but from there, I mean, they got Julian Strother, who's averaging 12 and 5. They got Nembard, who's down there averaging 11. Bolton's averaging 11. And no, I'm not talking Troy. Like, they they are doing everything that they need to to play team basketball and continue to win. And that's why they're still ranked number one in the AP poll. That's why even after all the losses this weekend, I know everybody lost, so it didn't really matter. But they're still going to stay up there. Um, they're going to be a number one seed going into the tournament, probably regardless of what happens in the conference tournaments. Uh, I really like Gonzaga. I really like the motivation from last year. I love the addition of Holmgren. I, I, I like Gonzaga. I like the dogs. So, yeah, a uh, lot to digest there. Uh, the the revenge story is always one you kind of have to get behind. And, you know, Gonzaga is going to be a Final Four team. Without a doubt, they're going to be a team that's going to be knocking on the door again. They've been one of the front runners here the entire season, and they got the dudes to do it. They got the dudes to back it up. You talk about Drew Timmy. He's really taken the role as the leader here. Last year, they had Jalen Suggs and uh, Kispert, um, who are kind of the Corey Kispert, who are now in the NBA. Like they're kind of the, the big names on the team. Now you have Drew Timmy, who's taken that role. Like, okay. And I love the stash, the stash. Uh, oh, it's beautiful, man. Oh. You know, they, they have a team, they have the stats to really back it up. But you also look at that a phenomenal freshman, Chet, who is seven foot, whatever he is. He's after three and a half blocks per game. That's pretty yeah. big. He can bring the ball down the court. He's 15 and 10 guy. Like, oh, my God, you're speaking my center language right now. Um, You are right. I mean, for you to be a center, he's probably going to go like the KD route because he does have a little bit of handles. But that's today's NBA. That's today's basketball. Big men can shoot and dribble. So, I mean, he is marking off those boxes as well as being a, you know, triple threat option for at the center position. Um, he is just a lockdown at defense as well. So, it's going to be a lot of teams hard to score in the paint when you do play against Gonzaga. And it's one of those, like, Chet's probably going to be a one-and-done guy. Maybe stay for a sophomore year to get a higher pick, you know, like being a top-five pick if he stays another year. But uh, Gonzaga, you know, is the team I can also see being up there, like I said. So that pick makes sense, um, without a doubt. So it's really going to see if they can pull it off. You know what I'm saying? Like, can they actually put together the entire good season? I mean, right now they're 24-3. and three. They're just as good. Their credible losses are Duke. Okay, they're number five in the, you know, and they only lost by three. Then they lost by nine to Alabama, which for some reason Alabama's good at basketball this year, and they're number 16. And they actually just lost to St. Mary's by 10. But St. Mary's is that sleeper, Yank. St. Mary's is going to be a team that's going to compete, probably go to a Sweet 16. So, Yank, they only, lost, they only lost to good teams, like very good teams. So that that's a Final Four sweet, uh, Elite Eight run without a doubt in my eyes. Uh, I mean, that's a stretch. But after me talking about Kent State, I can't blame you. So I will totally accept uh, your St. Mary's predictions. No, Gonzaga. No, I'm saying Gonzaga is going to be elite. Oh, I thought like you were St. Mary's about is still going to be a Sweet 16 team. They're ranked okay. 23rd. Come on now. No, I know, I know, I know but I mean, I thought you were the number one seed. 
Oh my goodness, Yank. We'll talk about that <laughs> another day when the brackets actually come out. But I think they'll be a sleeper. But my sleeper, quote unquote, uh, if you're ready to move on to one more team here in the college basketball. Yeah, go ahead, man. Hit me with it. Hey, vibes are positive. We're talking all college basketball. It's great over here. But I'm going to go with the Providence Friars. Oh, Jesus. Now I wish you didn't talk. No, I'm really diving in here, and I'm really liking it. Their names just being next to the winning column. They're ranked number nine in the nation. I don't know how or where they came from, but. Exactly. They're here. They're in the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts Center? Like, I got to back this team up. That's legitimate. It's on a Saturday. It's Donut Saturday. Like, okay, this is exhilarating. Now let's really break down this team, Yank. I get it. They don't play some of the top, top dogs, you know, um, every night. You know, they're not in one of those pristine uh, conferences. But let's look. I mean, they lost to number 11, Villanova. So a credible win or loss by two mm-hmm. points. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're right there. They go play Xavier, which Xavier University is not that bad of a ball club. I think they'll be, a you know, a tournament team for sure. And then they lost to Villanova right now. Nova is, you know, they won the championship a few years ago. They're a very credible team. That's um, hard to remember. I forgot exactly, about that. Right? You know, it's hard to remember, but they are. So, I mean, they still have some, you know, like reasons why they're that team, that being Villanova. You also look at, you know, Marquette. They went and beat Marquette by two. They were ranked at the time number 22. Um, Seton Hall, they went and beat by five, which at the time they were ranked. UConn was ranked at one point. Like, these are all, like, 20, you know, 13 teams. So, like, totally understandable. Like, you're not killing it, killing it. And then at the beginning of the year, like, they did go beat Wisconsin, the team that we talked about. This was very early. This was back in November, Yank. But they did beat them by five. Like, that's still a team that can put it together and win. Um, I think it's kind of crazy that I'm even talking about Providence. But, like, I just like seeing their name in the win column. It's just nice to see. And I think they're an Elite Eight type of team. Put me on it. Put it on a T-shirt. Providence will be an Elite Eight team. It's hard to back it when you're – Mascot name is the Friars and spelled F R I A R S. I just I don't know what to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I get it. Uh, Providence, they have been a surprise team. They have been a great team. I mean, to have to be what twenty four and three, I believe is what the record yeah. is. Is what you said? Yeah, twenty That speaks for itself. Um, they're extremely talented. And they play team basketball. If I'm going to give them any type of compliment, it's that they play team basketball. I mean, they've got six players that all have averaged over 28 minutes a game. Like, to have six players that can rotate that much and be playing in the game that much, know the system, play well, play team basketball. Four of those six average double digits in points. The other one averages 9.9. So, basically, five of them are double-digit scores. They're consistent. But – my negative that I think is going to hurt them down the road is that while they play great team basketball, which I mean, it's a team sport, it's that's going to be hugely important. I do believe that the champions always have at least that one super star or that one star player. And I don't get that when I watch Providence and I know they're not a team that's on TV as often. They're not a team that plays all the top teams in the world. But in basketball, that doesn't really matter. If you ha- if you can come out, you can shoot, you can defend, you can play with anybody. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's what's going to hurt them down the road. I think at some point they're going to get to a close game with a bet with probably a better team or one of these higher ranked teams down later on in the tournament. And you're going to need that star that you can lean on to say, go get me that bucket, go get me that win. And I don't know if they have that. So it'll be interesting to watch. I definitely do like them. And I mean, now you're over here telling me that they play a Dunkin' Donuts arena. Like, come on, man. I can't knock that. That's amazing. So I, I am all for the Providence uh, hype talk, but I, I personally just don't see it. Uh, Yang, I mean, you. I, that was the next thing I was going to say was the team basketball and how well they play. But they also shoot very consistent. I mean, a lot of them are over 40%. I mean, two of them are over 40. Three of them almost are over 40% from three. So that's when it comes to that clutch time. Like, who are you going to guard? We know at the end of the day, Trey Young's going to take the game-winning shot in the NBA, right? With this team, you really, excuse me, don't know who it's going to be. So I think that could be a plus. But also, I see the negative here. Um, like you said, uh, they're definitely going to be a team that, you know, these lower seeds are like, uh-oh. Like, this is a good team. We got to definitely bring in our all. Because if you don't bring in your all, Providence will sneak away a W because they are so team-oriented. Top five dudes scoring over, you know, double-digit points. Like, that's what you want in a college game. You don't see too many 30-point scores in the NBA. So they're putting together a full team. The uh, program over there got a vision, and they're definitely hitting it. I mean, being ranked in the top ten is always something special. So Providence is that one team, you know, I want to be talking about that I want to see go somewhere when it comes to the March Madness tournament. All right, well, uh, we'll see if the Friars can fry some things up. I don't know. We'll see what's yeah, going see, on. Like you can say that, too, like frying it up. Like oh, no, I'm, I'm totally – now that I'm over here looking at the team, I know the arena. Yeah, name, come on. Name. Oh, I'll get I'll get hyped for the Friars with you, but do I? am I going to believe it? Not necessarily. If they got wins, I can't be upset with that, man. I've got phrases for days for this team. Exactly, like a sweet 16. I'm not saying win at all. I think a sweet Let's go. Yeah, look at that. Y'all Y'all just heard me convince Yank into a take. That, that's <laughs> something you don't hear every day. It just happened. You know, just because of the namesakes, I'm going to let that slide. That totally can <laughs> – I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide today. We're all good. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah. That's that's really all I got as far as just some quick talks, some takes, predictions on what's going to happen here in this March Madness tournament for the men's side. Did you want to touch on the women's side at all with anything? Oh, University of Iowa is going to win all. Caitlin Clark is the player of the year. It's logo, logo threes. Um, what? She's being dominant. I know they just went and beat Northwestern in advance of the semis in the big tournament. Win it um, all. Iowa all the way. Oh, yeah. Win it all. Now, don't get me wrong. Caitlin Clark. Is absolutely electric. I will use your word there. Absolutely electric. Electricity of the air, electrifying. I mean, you're averaging 28 points per game, eight assists. I mean, you're pulling up from the logo. You are the Steph Curry of women. I mean, she is lights out. And it's been really, really cool to watch. It's really cool to see um, the hype around just women's basketball in general, NCAA, WNBA, everything starting to uh, ramp up. And we're starting to see these superstar type athletes uh, coming from the WNCAA. Like, I mean, I'm like, why, why not? Right. Why not? It's what we wanted to see. It's what we need to see. It's what we got to have for further promotion of the sport. But, yeah, I mean, if she's on the court, I was a dangerous team regardless. However, 
I can't, I can't put, I can't put them over South Carolina, man. I can't. Come South on, Carolina. You have the best I got. I know, like, I know, and I know it's Iowa. Like I can, I got some Iowa ties, so I can rep that. But when you're ten and zero against raked opponents, when your only loss is in overtime on the last second bucket by Missouri, you got three starters over double digits. You got Bo- uh, uh, her last name is Boston. What is her first name? I'm, I'm not even sure. I think it's uh, Aaliyah. Aaliyah. We got Aaliyah Boston down there. 17 points a game, 12 rebounds, three blocks, shooting 55%. That is an absolute nightmare for any team that's going against them. Uh, I mean, they've just they've been dominant for the last, I would say, three to five seasons in general. They've been in the final four each of the last five uh, five seasons. I mean, they they are a very, very, very good team. Um, And I just with their experience against other ranked. I mean, when you hit double digits and wins against ranked opponents, that tells me all I need to know about a team success, especially when I look at the record and you're 28 and one on top of that. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. They, they are the top dog in, in women's, you know, college basketball. It is more, like, top team oriented. But, like, you're going with the overall team, the overall stats. Me, I'm just going with the moment, the in-state bias, the player. The, like, I mean, the yeah, I don't blame you, man. Like I said, you got Caitlin Yeah, man. I mean, you got Caitlin Clark. If you're going into a tournament where the basis of that tournament is survive and advance, one and done, yeah, I'd go for the play. I'd want the team that has the best player on the court. So I do understand where you're coming from with uh, Caitlin Clark. I mean, and it's Iowa. You can't cannot that. That's like that's like talking about UConn. Uh, Paige Beckers is finally back from her yeah, injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she's exciting. finally back from her injury a couple days ago. Um, they're talking about ramping up her minutes as they go into the conference tournaments, and then she should be fully back and healthy, ready to go for the uh, March Madness tournament. I mean, she steps in. UConn, their tra- the trajectory of their team completely changes as well. Obviously, they're a solid team to begin with, but she is an all-star, all-around player. I mean, you're talking about Caitlin Clark being the best player in America. Before her injury, a lot of people would have said that was Paige Beckers. Oh, so, Buckets, Paige Buckets. Uh, I mean, Paige Buckets, baby. Come on. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So. Zizzy, we're getting like those big names in the women's like college yes, world, man. and that's what we want to see. We want to see names that we see on Sports Center. We want to see in tweets. We're like, wow, that girl, she's a baller. And we talked about the women's soccer team last week and just how women's sports are evolving. And we absolutely love it. We want to see these big names. I'm really happy that one of them's from Iowa, but like they are the faces of you know the sport, and it's so cool. And now we can get behind an athlete, a team when we do watch their games as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's everywhere that you're starting to see it anyway. I mean, like just another example, like China, uh, Chinese Abanugwe. I don't know. I'm probably mispronouncing her last name, and I feel horrible for that. But I mean, she's a she's a two time WNBA All Star. She currently still plays for the Los Angeles Sparks, but she's doing NBA Today. She's doing get like she's doing first yeah. take. She's doing all of these different things, like. To be able to handle that workload and still get your priorities done, still do your training, still make sure that you are at the top of your game and do everything that you need to do. Like, it's impressive to see what people can accomplish, let alone the women. So, um, yeah, to get these big names, to get these all-stars, you know, we all know the Candace Parkers, the Paige Beckers. I mean, the, like we know, like it is what it is, and it's awesome to see. So, 
uh, yeah, definitely exciting. Definitely not going to knock out UConn, Iowa, and South Carolina, any of these, any of these teams. But uh, just as excited for March Madness on the women's side as I am the men's. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're covering all of these sports, Yank, and it's so exciting. I'm just so happy that we get to talk about all these teams that we do get a season. Because remember, a few years ago, we didn't have it because of COVID. And now we actually get to indulge yeah, in man. just the, the moment, the headlines, the top teams. We um, better not have any of these games get postponed or ruined because of that stuff, though. I have seen that happen a little bit this year. It has been rampant at times, and it's going to be. It's just an, I mean, it's just it's what we expect with this stuff. But really hope that doesn't become an issue going into the tournament. Yeah, I do too. I mean, obviously, you know, we're hoping for positive vibes only. But uh, moving on from college, I mean, y'all, if you want your college hoop, means that they got you covered by crossing <laughs> on donuts. It's electric here on the podcast. But we're going to move on to the NBA because, you know, that's one of our main priority sports. Yes, sir. Yank, I'm going to start us off with a team that you brought up. Uh, may have been last week or two weeks ago. But the Showtime Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, Woo! my soul. John Morant is becoming – the next budding superstar. He's becoming the next jersey that kids are going to be wearing around the United States. Jaw is unbelievable bunnies. He is a baller. He's one of those players that are going to go out and score you 50 points and then the night before score 46. They are beating the Chicago Bulls, who's a top team. They're beating these teams who are very, very good. And they're a well-put-together team. And they're just showtime. You had Lob City back in the day for the Clippers. And you're seeing this team just emerge as, wow, they're going to be a very good ball club. Jaw is just straight-up killing the NBA right now. He is becoming a face that you want to see on your TV every night. And it's it's exhilarating for sure, Yank. And, you know, when we always have the debate, oh, who is better, Jaw or Zion? Like, Zion, move on over. You haven't played. You're old. like, nothing's going well over on your end. And Jaw is just shining in the spotlight. And I get to give you kudos, man. You definitely called it. But uh, they're a team to talk about for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, they're young. They've got the motivation. We saw it starting to come together a little bit at the end of last season. Um, when they were making runs, play, playing and playing games. I mean, you weren't thinking that the Memphis Grizzlies are really a playoff team or a potential playoff team. Now we're looking at them as a potential deep playoff run team, like a, a championship contender, Western Finals contender. Um, John Morant is absolute adrenaline, absolute athleticism. He is the inspiration for the rest of this team. He completely has changed the demeanor of the organization. He's got that mama mentality. I mean, we talk about him staring down the kids in opposing teams, jersey, <laughs> talking, talking trash, to, uh, not scared to go up and take flight against any of these seven footers. Like he's trying to yam on everybody. He's trying to take souls when he's out here on the court. So it's, it's a super turtle, fun turtle to watch. He absolutely dunked all over him. Dude, that's what I'm, dude. Dude, when you are getting compared, like when you have side-by-side comparisons on social media of dunks comparing you to Derrick Rose and his prime, like right. when, your head, when your head is a foot above the rim and your one hand grabbing balls that are three feet higher than the rim and yamming those things down and it literally looks identical to prime Derrick Rose, you're doing something. You are <laughs> doing something. 
He is incredible. He's an amazing talent. He has an MVP in his future. If he keeps playing like this this season, it might even be this year, and I'm not joking. Like, he is seriously a superstar. Um, we're all starting to see, I mean, you're starting to see all the media attention that he's getting. Everybody's starting to follow his every move on and off the court. You're got, you're, we're watching the superstar in the making. Like we're seeing it be, cre- uh, be created in front of us. He's creating his legacy in front of us and he's doing it in Memphis. I mean, I know everyone loves to go down in Tennessee and boogie down a little bit, but not, we don't think of them necessarily all the time for sports. Uh, we think of King Henry when I think of Tennessee sports, that's about it. But now we got John ja Morant. We got the Grizzlies. I mean, this man, 44, 46, 52, 38. That's four of his last five games when we're talking scoring. The man is absolutely dynamite. They're on a roll. Yes, they did just take a loss here, Boston Celtics. But, oh, yeah, we'll talk about them. But that's a that's a whole other story in itself because the Celtics ain't no slouch nowadays either. So we'll get to yeah. that. But, ja, I mean, John ja Morant, the Grizzlies in general, um, uh, it's been it's been super cool to watch. Stephen Adams down low. I mean, they got they got some help around him, but definitely John Morant has taken this team to another level. And the the experience of this team might hurt him, but you know they still have Stephen Adams, which you know hits my uh, checkpoint for like a decent center. I mean, he's seven. If you get ten, like, if you get hey, you get eight and ten to Mickey standards, you're a winner. One hundred percent. Um, but like you have Dylan Brooks, who's just emerging as you know a great number two guy. You're you're uh, you're Robin in uh, the Batman Robin scenario. You have Desmond Bain, who low key he's a baller as well. You have Zaire Williams, who can come off the bench, who's a young guy. So yep. you have you have the pieces, and you know one or two more years, Yank, the Grizzlies are going to be that top team if Jaw keeps on playing at MVP like numbers and performance. I mean, he's averaging. 27 and six right now with, you know, one and a half steals per game. That's pretty good. Um, so that Memphis Grizzlies team you know, is sir. exciting, exciting to watch for sure. And they're going to, you do not want to be paired up with them when it comes to playoff time. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the West just because I uh, well, I think it's going to be interesting both sides this year. Um, I think uh, both conferences actually are pretty deep. Nowadays, um, when you look at the West, I think those first five teams in the West, at least, all have a shot. They really do. Um, all the way down, I think, through the Mavericks, whether they're fifth or sixth seed yeah, at this fifth. point. Yeah, but, okay, fifth seed. So, yeah, th- those first top five teams in the West, it's, it's hard to choose between them right now. Same when you look at the East. There's a lot of competition over there. That could be almost through the entire conference. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see what happens coming down, down to the wire, down the line. We've got the play, play in tournaments to get into the playoffs, but, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams to talk about, but yes, Memphis is definitely one of them. And then when you're talking to me, of course, you know, I mean, there's, there's the Miami heat. I mean, we, we hot as all hell over here, but I already been hyping them up. I don't got to talk about them too much, What I am going to talk about in the East. Is your first impressions of the Harden and Embiid duo in Philadelphia? What are your thoughts? Uh, it's 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 a perfect match. We've already been seeing it. Um, James Harden is, you know, he's a top seventy-five player ever. Um, he changes the game alone. He can get a triple triple double if needed, and you can see him having fun again, like when he first started playing with uh, the Nets. And this is your perfect 
well put together team on the outside, but you have your two main scores. It's either going to be Joel or James Harden. Oh, and James Harden wants to feed Joel the ball. Like Joel doesn't need to take up the ball. James Harden wants to take up the ball. He wants to take up the ball, facilitate the offense, make sure the offense goes through him. Joel, on the other hand, is going to get you boards. He's going to play his MVP numbers, and he's going to score the basketball. Uh, it, it's looking real good. I mean, it's looking like that scary. I mean, that's why James Harden was worth so much, you know, traded so much for him because them together is going to be the – I mean, they're both Batman in this situation. Granted, I think Joel has the edge here about being that number one guy there in Philadelphia. But uh, Yank, it's, it's a scary look for sure. And, I mean, they're probably going to be the one seed. I think they somehow edge out Miami, your Miami Heat. But uh, I think they go on a little run here. Um, they're already on a five-game winning streak right now. But I think they go on a run, which uh, will be scary for any team that does play them. Yeah, I mean, they've played four games together. They're 4-0. Yeah. And yep. um, Embiid has looked more wide open on the court than I have ever seen him in, <laughs> well, his, yeah, in his career. Because you have to. You have to respect James Harden. And because of that, especially this season, I mean, Joel Embiid was probably the top runner and probably still is. I mean, now I, I feel like he is, but a lot of people will try and debate some others. But Joel Embiid was the top runner for MVP going into the All-Star break. Coming out of it, his numbers have only gotten better because of the addition of James Harden. They have to respect Harden so he has more room. He's getting everything easier off the pick and roll action. I mean... Think about it. The man in his last in three of the last four games, he's had 34 and 10, 37 and 10, 27 and 12. This past game, he did. He would have probably led the team and score again if Maxi hadn't gone off. And that's been another thing. The 76ers have got the development of Maxi. Like that's been huge for them. And now you got James Harden, who has averaged basically a triple double since he's entered the since he's gotten to the team. He's averaging 27 points since he's joined the team. They. They look great. Now, not the best litmus test through four games. You got two games against the Knicks, and we all know they're trash this season. Trash. <laughs> but, I mean, you beat Minnesota by 30. They beat the Cavs last night. They're 4-0 through four games, and everyone loves to talk about chemistry and how that's always an issue. I mean, look at the Lakers. They're in shambles. They're in shambles. But, no, not over here in Philly. Looking really good. Way, I mean, the team looks better before, uh, looks better now than it did before the All Star break in the trade. So, uh, as a Miami Heat fan, I will say I am nervous about the seven. As a Celtics fan, I'm nervous. I mean, we both over here in the East, in the Eastern Conference, like a little worried because they are big time. They are credible. They do have dudes that can pop off on their bench. Who's going to be helping them out along the way? But. At the end of the day, we got to see how credible they can be. They're 4-0 right now. Now, if they go for, like, a 9-1, a 10-0 run, like, that's when we should really be uh, looking yeah, at the cards here. I mean, it, and it makes you even scared. I mean, just because I haven't gotten the vibe from Harden in the past few seasons that, like, he's really wanted to be there where he's playing. I mean, even in Brooklyn, don't get me wrong, he played well last season. But they, in and out of the injuries, we never got to see the full threesome of Kyrie. Yeah, we know. We never got to see that uh, trio ever work out for real. They played 16 games together in two seasons. It's the biggest coulda, woulda, shoulda of all time in the NBA. <laughs> but if you're talking about James Harden individually, he still didn't always look like he was 100% interested all the time when he was there. He was injured a lot. And then before that, obviously, you had the whole Houston debacle and everything that's going on there. 
this just watching him through four games, the man looks excited. The man looks happy. The man, I don't know if it's just like something with cameras or high def or something that we see through screens, but did he lose 20 pounds? Coming to the Sixers, per usual. Uh, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> this man's got a this man's got a great a great a game plan and playbook for every time he's ready to go to a new team. I'm just gonna fake an injury. I'm gonna get fat, and then I'm gonna get traded, and I'm gonna come back and be my All NBA first team self and be in perfect condition. I don't I don't know. It's kind of crazy to watch, but props to him. I'm happy he's happy, and it's scary for the rest of the East. No, 100%. And it is funny we do bring up those things like, oh, he eats his way out of a team, da-da-da-da-da. But, like, you know, sometimes that's what people actually do think. I know I don't think he actually does, but it is funny. People will be like, how did he lose this much pounds? How did this happen? Uh, So, yeah, the Sixers are crazy. Sticking to the East, I do want to bring him up real quick Uh, if you have nothing else about the Sixers. Oh, I'm good on the Sixers. All righty, you already brought him up a little bit, but the Boston Celtics, I finally get to get hype about him, Yank. I yes, finally get to be like, hey, let's go, because in the month of February, we're uh, 11 and 2. Uh, it's kind of exhilarating here. We lost to Detroit for some by one, which for some reason we love losing to Detroit. It's stupid. And then, but if you look, we did beat the Showtime Grizzlies, we already talked about. We did beat the Nets, which granted they're hurt a little bit. We did beat the Sixers by February 15th by 50. Oh, sorry, 48, but 50. Okay, but you also have to look at the stats here. I mean, we have our two front runners with Jalen Brown, who's averaging 23 and 6 right now. Like, okay, Jalen Brown's definitely a Robin here. And then Jason Tatum, who we've been hyping up all year, he's getting 26 points. And uh, he's also can do it at the rebounding end with eight rebounds per game. Um, that's our two front runners. Now, we're also getting, you know, Daniel Thies back. Yes, let the Thies method work. We also have Al Horford, which, I mean, he was on that team that went to the ECF in the bubble against your Miami Heat. So, like, we win with Al Horford. Um, Robert Williams, you know, I still haven't got too hyped up about him, but we just went and signed Nick Stokowskis, who has been balling in the G League. In two games, he had 100 points in two games. Like, not, like, 100 points in those individual games, but he had, like, a 52 and a 48 piece. We went and got him to come off the bench, like, Okay, we have Derek White, who's actually been a decent uh, bench player for us, who's averaging 14 right now. Um, Yank, the Celtics are putting it together. We're finally putting together, like, on paper, we look like a good team. We look like a team that in the NBA, we are that fifth seed. And that's where we want to be. We want to be in that fifth seed, which granted we'd play Chicago, and that would just hurt my soul because I want both of those teams to go far in the NBA playoffs. But the Celtics are finally cooking, and I'm happy. I'm seeing W's in the win column uh, for my C's, and it's super exciting to watch them ball. I mean, fifteen and two in your last, or fifteen and three in your last eighteen games sounds pretty yep. good. To me. They're hot. I mean, they're hot. They and answered it's the phone. They answered my my criticism, Yank. Hey, it's been a, it's been a few things. Um, first off. Everyone, I've, every time the Celtics start struggling, the first conversation is, is are Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum able to make this work? Uh, the answer to that question is yes. It has, never it has never necessarily been anything other than yes. Um, it's just a matter of, are they a duo that will take you to a championship? I'm not willing to say that. I mean, it's hard to say that about most people. I mean, you can't really tell nowadays in the NBA. Anybody can really go in and win. And if you do, Props to you. You got to beat all the superstars to get there. But I mean, them playing together. I mean, you go and look at their top scorer from the last I say, twelve games. You're either going to see Jalen 
pretty much like that every game. So, I, I mean, it's super impressive to see what they do on the offensive end, but they need to perform. And it's the defense. That has been the huge, the huge like, thing that I can notice and pick up on any time I watch any of their games, any time I see any of their highlights since January 1st, since the beginning of 2022. They are first in defensive points per game allowed. They are second in overall defensive efficiency. They are like top five, if not top two, in um, steals and blocks per game. Like they are doing everything that they needed to do on the defensive end, and that's what I mean. Defense wins championships, right? And now you can see. Uh, debatable. I know, debatable, but still, especially in the sport, but still, when you're getting that, you can see when you start playing such great defense, how it turns into offense for your team, how it turns into wins for your team. Uh, it has completely changed the trajectory of this team. Uh, like we're saying, I mean, like I said, we're the batsmen since January 1st. Since January 1st, they are, what, it was 15 and 3, so I had a few more games in here. Looks like, I don't know, like 22 and 8 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something good. But they, they've been incredible uh, ever since the start of 2022. So I can't them. You've seen them rise in those standings. Uh, they've got, obviously, the new coach this year, new GM on top, Brad Stevens moving up there and doing everything like that. Didn't make as many moves as maybe he knows exactly what he is doing because you're starting to see the team come together at the right time. You want to see your team play its best basketball towards the end of the season. That's exactly what you're getting from the Celtics. Yeah, Yank, I mean, you brought up so many good points. And they are a defensive-minded team. I mean, Marcus Smart is one of the premier defenders. Like, he's going to be put on your best guy. Um, I know he's been battling some injuries here and there. But, like, they, they take pride in their defense, and that's what's been helping them with this little um, hot streak for them. So, you know, it gives me some some love that you're hyping up my C's, uh, but uh, defensively sound for sure. A hundred percent. But... That's the, that's all that. Now, is there any other teams that you are definitely like starting to notice some things about? Some other takes you want to take with the NBA, real quick? Um, I do love seeing the Lakers lose. Uh, they're not even in the top eight. They have a losing. But the thing about them is, I'm not going to go in a huge debacle. But like, they're going to win when it comes to playoff time, and it's going to make me so upset. Like, oh, LeBron did this as a nine seed. Like, they still have a good team. Russell Westbrook can still go off. I think that team still is very good. They just haven't put it all together. The The vets haven't really shined. They've had some injuries here and there with Anthony Davis. Um, I think they're going to be just fine for all the Lakers fans that are like, oh, my God, our season's over. We just lost to the Clippers by how many, and they're the eight seed. Uh, so that'll be a very tough out, like, if they have to play the Clippers right away. Um, but they're, they'll be fine. Like, everyone cool the brakes on that one. I'm not going to say they'll be fine. Um... Oh, yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, I find it so funny because I know at the beginning of the year when we were doing our uh, NBA predictions, both of us are sitting here, Lakers are the best team in the West. The best team in the West, They're, they are number one. You can't pick up all these superstars regardless of their age. doesn't matter. Apparently, their age is mattering. Uh, just because <laughs> we're, seeing, we're seeing the injuries 
we're seeing just pace of play. They are amazing in the in fast break, but in half court offense and defense, they can't get their offense stimulated. They can't stop anybody on half court defense. They just look slow, and they're trying to they're implementing some dudes into the lineup that are starting to get them at least the last few games. I know, like you said, they just got blown out by the Clippers, but in a way, it looks like at least the last few games they've at least shown better effort. Um, and they've got a few guys in there that are kind of injecting some adrenaline, some hype. Uh, the Austin Reeves, the Malik Monks of the world. Um, they're they're playing decent, but I mean, yeah, when you've got six, when you've lost, I think it's like 11 of your last 14 or 10 of your last 13, you've lost every game since the All-Star break. I mean, LeBron's out there dropping almost 30 points a game and you still can't buy a win. I mean, it doesn't tell you anything really good about the rest of the team and what's uh, surrounding them. Obviously most great teams have their few superstars, but the rest of those teams have good depth around them. I'm really, at first we were talking about how great the depth of this team is and Carmelo Anthony's shooting the ball very well. Um, Malik Monk is starting for them now, but he's been playing great basketball, but I mean, Outside of that, it's hard to find where the production is coming from. Russell Westbrook is averaging the least amount of points that he's averaged since his rookie season. Um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's a bad player at all because he's Russell Westbrook. He's the walking triple-double, most triple-doubles in NBA history. It's not that he's a bad player. He's just not the right fit with the Lakers. He just isn't. Um, and it's just not. And I know that chemistry is a thing that takes a long time to develop and work out, at least for the most part, it seems that way. But we're getting to the 50, 60 game mark of the season now. Yeah, it, it's, time to, it's time to put the throttle down. And I don't care how good you are uh, talent-wise, how good, big your legacies are as players. If you don't go into the playoffs or the play-in tournament hot or with some kind of consistency or le- or um, level of play that is sustainable, you're going to get rocked. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't making it out of the play-in. You ain't making it out of the first round if you do make the playoffs. Um, I'm with you. They're not healthy. AD has barely played this season. LeBron missed 20 games to start the season almost. I mean, they got to do stuff to get healthy. This could be a completely different team. If AD comes back fully healthy, plays well, LeBron continues to play well, Russell figures it out, Austin Reeves continues to step up, Dwight Howard, all these guys around him. Like, the names are not the names that we worry. It's not what we worry about. But you got to be consistent. And you got to be able to support the trio that is Russ, LeBron, and AD. So if they get it together, I'm with you. They can upset anybody. I'm never going to go against LeBron James in a playoff series. If the, like, I, I just really won't. If he's got the right support around him, I, I really won't. But, I mean, you can't sit here and look at a 27-35 and 35 Lakers team and be like, oh, this team's got it. They, they'll, 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 they'll flip the switch. They'll <laughs> no, flip the uh, switch. The record oh, is – With I mean, a team that's average age is 35, I'm not, I'm not telling them that they're going to flip a switch. No, I, I love seeing that, Yank. I love seeing that. I love when Cheyenne's like, oh, our team's awful. Like, I, I love seeing it. Don't get me wrong. But I think my my love is going to get me in trouble because then they're going to go start winning. And then everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, we started off here, and now we're making a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, I just don't want to see it happen. But uh, you're right. The whole age thing, it's hard how old they are to really flip the switch. But uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Is in full force, getting closer to, to them right now. It's the horror show for sure. 
Um, I'm just I'm just interested to see what they pull out towards the end of the season. If they find some continuity to end the year going into a play-in tournament or a lowly A seed, obviously you don't like their matchup chances when they get into the playoffs uh, regardless at this point. But, I, I mean, it's going to be rough. We'll see what happens. If they develop something, you, you never know with that team with just because of who's on it. But, like I said, they, they are the Lakers are in shambles right now. Yeah, they are. And, Yank, we have, I mean, covered so much basketball, and I love it. I mean, we're watching from NBA to college to YouTube. Uh, y'all, get after and watch a game. It's just so fun to really watch no, the whole program it itself. Get some sports, baby. Um, and if you really need to, go go gamble on a sports app. We don't promote gambling here on the show, but, like, if you want more skin in the game, I go do, do so. I promote it. Everybody, let's go. Get together. <laughs> get with your bookie. Get out there. Let's go make some money, baby. Oh, yeah. Um, So much to cover in Selection Sunday is tomorrow. We have some <laughs> interviews coming up. Our March Madness is going – our bracket challenge for the podcast is going to be so much more better. Uh, We're always yes. improving here on the podcast just yes. like a lot of these teams are. Any yes. other takes? Uh, uh, just uh, just some mentions real quick. Uh, Golden State, I picked them earlier in the year to be a top three team in the West. I'm loving that prediction still, but I am worried, Mickey. They need Draymond Green back. If they do not get Draymond Green back in a healthy capacity, if Klay Thompson cannot find his level of consistency that we're used to from those years ago before all of his injuries – I will begin to worry about the Golden State Warriors uh, down the line. The Phoenix Suns look incredible. The Grizzlies are hot. The Mavericks are finding their pace at the right time. The Jazz are always a tough team. I will worry about my pick of them being in the Western Conference Finals if they don't start tightening it up. No, the thing is, I've always talked kind of bad or down about Draymond Green, but I had to look myself in the mirror. I'm like, he plays basketball like how I play basketball, a 10-10-10 guy. And he, he is your, so he's with your you. fifth guy that's really going to be on the court as a leader, as a guy who is efficient. Draymond Green's your guy. So, I mean, you definitely want him back. You want Clay to finally kind of find his stride again. But if Steph Curry's on the court, you always got a chance because once he crosses half court, he is a reliable scorer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really just the way that they run the offense through him he he does he's exact he plays within the system does exactly what they need to do the way that he does the pick and roll with Steph Curry the way that he knows exactly where Curry's going to be sets the screens for him to get free do everything I mean he frees up the entire Splash Bros operation um I never I always was one that also like you kind of talked down on Draymond because you look at him it's like his stats are not dominant he's not that important but he does everything he needs to he's the big team guy he's their ultimate hype man he gets them all motivated he's their team leader at least as a voice in the huddle um yeah I I I got to give it to Draymond Green he is extremely important to that team so kudos to him and if he gets back the warriors i would expect would return back to that dominant force that we saw earlier in the season so that's just that and then my final take for the nba uh, on this episode today will be victor oladipo knock knock i'm hearing rumors that his return will be next week in miami once he gets back out there i'm i'm just we just beat the nets with without jimmy butler pj tucker you know kyle lowry just just saying just saying Oh boy, I 
I don't know. Victor has a lot to not necessarily prove. We know he's a very good player or was. We'll see post-injury how he does. But uh, when the Heat loses, it's going to be a great day because then you can finally stop talking about it. But they're oh, Miami stop Hustlers. It. Oh, they're they're Miami, Miami Hustlers. Oh, they're come on now. Everybody's with me. Everybody wants to spend time in South Beach in the finals. Come on now. Oh, yeah, Yank. Uh, my last hot take is the Arizona – well, not hot take. The Arizona Wildcats are going to be tournament champs. Okay, okay. I will accept that. I will Speaking accept that. Speaking into existence. <laughs> I'm a, I, really, my big take is get my uh, big look this weekend will be watching uh, them Providence Friars. Friars. Fry it up, baby. <laughs> all right. Well, you all good, bud? Oh, yeah. All right. Wrap it up, baby. If we're talking sports, it's a matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Peace. Peace.